0: Welcome to Finding Faith, the space we come to share stories of encounter, ask questions, and share in the lived experience of others. As you listen to the stories of our interview guests, I ask that you consider the courage it takes to stand before your peers and share your experience of faith for the benefit of another. My name is Jessie Bennett, and this is the 23rd episode of Finding Faith. Today we have with us Casey Hamilton. Casey, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: So yeah, I was uh, born and raised right here in Whitesville to a pretty big family. Uh, There was eight of us kids all together living in one house. And uh, so we were pretty tight knit. And uh, we just did all the kind of normal things for around here. You know, We grew up raising cattle and farming, just all the kind of normal stuff for here. I just got engaged to the Love My Life here a couple months ago, so that's pretty awesome, and we're set to get married in September. I work for the city of Whitesville, actually. I'm a firefighter EMT there, have been for four years, and yeah, that's just a little bit about me.
0: Congratulations on the engagement. That's pretty exciting. Hopefully, you guys will be able to have a big wedding this fall. I hope so. All right, Casey, why don't you tell us your story?
1: So, like I said, I was born and raised here in Whitesville. Um, I grew up with just about everything someone could want starting out in their faith life. I mean, I was always surrounded by people who were very godly, you know, full of the Holy Spirit and just really wanting to help me in my faith relationship with God and everything. I was sent to Catholic schools all throughout school, and I do think that that was a huge part in my faith relationship, just being able to go to those schools because I learned so much. I thank God that I was able to do that. During my Catholic school learning and everything, you know, we had several kind of retreats and stuff like that. And I feel like those played a big part in my faith development as well because I was able to really kind of immerse myself in the faith and You just kind of learn more in a different setting sometimes, I feel like, like that. And it was a good boost to kind of, you know, reignite that fire that you have inside. That happened a lot throughout my faith journey growing up, just those sparks of doing really well and getting on that right path and living the good life. And then, you know, that would kind of dwindle off a little bit here and there, and I'd get back to that kind of not barely getting by but just doing enough to where I felt like I knew I was doing better than some but I wasn't doing as good as I could and right around my eighth grade confirmation that changed a little bit I really tried to buckle down do better really just soak it all up and that continued on for a couple years on into about my sophomore year of high school which is where I met my fiance Anna Berry. We became friends pretty quick. Just we were both kind of the same personality of just super happy out there kind of go and get it people. We were both really deep in our faith and so we clicked pretty pretty quick and actually started dating pretty quick. And she had told me that she was Baptist, and I knew that that meant some kind of differences, but I really didn't know what all it entailed. So whenever we did start out dating, I went to her church, and she came to mine, and it just seemed to work. You know, there was obviously differences, but they didn't seem that big at the time. Nothing that I would have thought, you know, would be a problem in the future. So... We kept dating, and, you know, them first couple of years were that honeymoon phase, just lovey-dovey, make any normal person want to throw up kind of a thing, and it was great. I mean, I wouldn't have had it any other way. After a couple of years, you know, we got pretty serious, and we started to kind of talk about marriage and everything, and we didn't know exactly what all it would entail with the Catholic faith, Marianne of Baptist, and all that. And so we kind of started to look into it. The whole journey, really, we kind of were talking about, you know, what's the same, what's different. I guess we really didn't talk about it a whole lot because we both hated to fight about what, who was right and who was wrong. And I think that was the big problem is we were looking at it as one of us is right about everything and one of us is wrong about everything whenever we agree on so much, but I'll touch back on that. So we just were kind of looking into it and all these questions were coming up from Anna's side and I really just didn't have an answer for her. And so I would have to go to a priest or to my dad or to my grandparents, somebody that had more knowledge about it than me. And we both began to learn so much and it actually deepened my faith more than anything throughout my faith journey. Just, going and asking those questions and learning about more than just the history and why we do what we do. You know, we had to ask those questions that we never really thought about. We just took for granted that, yep, they're right, because someone told me that was the way it was. So we were getting along, and everything seemed okay, and the more and more we talked about marriage, the rougher and rougher it seemed to get, because... She is extremely deep in her faith, just like she was back then. She didn't want to do anything to interrupt hers, and I didn't want to do anything to interrupt my faith. And so we kind of began to butt heads over it a little bit. So we kind of would break up here and there because we just could not see a way around it. We were focusing on that just there was so much negative that we couldn't, find the positive in it to overcome it. And that was our big problem, is we were focusing on that negative, I think. We weren't trusting God the way that we should have been, so we did. We broke up because she just couldn't see a way that she could become Catholic, and I couldn't see a way that I could become Baptist, because I know the thought crossed my mind. I don't know if it crossed hers or not, but you know, just to think, okay, what if I did just, you know, convert, because it would be so much easier on both of us, and we agree on so much that it it would be possible, and I just could not bring myself to do it. I didn't feel like that's what God was calling me to do, but I did feel that I needed to have that option, look at it, and really think, because I remember growing up, the priest would always say, you know, everybody assumes that they're Uh, supposed to get married and have kids one day well you have to think about what if you're supposed to be a priest and that was something that I did too you know I thought well what if that's what I'm supposed to do and I don't believe that that's what it was because of where we are now but that was just kind of the thought process that I had you know what if I should just do this to make it easier and neither one of us was prepared to take that easier route and so we did break up, and we had those hard times where we were apart. We I know that I just prayed and prayed every day. I would just pray that she could come back to me, that God could make the, the impossible possible and just find a way that we would do anything. We knew that we would do anything if he could just show us a way that we could make it work. Because people do it every day, and we saw that. And so we knew that there was a way, we just had to find it. We always found our way back to each other, and that's how we knew that God was calling us to be together, because through all this adversity, through all the bad stuff, we always found our way back. And so once we got back together this last time, we both agreed, look, we are going to do anything that we have to do to make this work. So we really sat down and looked at all this and agreed to, you know, make those compromises for each other that we had to do. So far, we haven't had anything that just compromised our faith in any way. I believe that that's the way it's going to continue to be because God, I do believe that God wants to make an example of us that, and that was something that I prayed, I know a fair amount, that if God could help us to find a way that we would be an example for other people to see, well, if they did it, anybody could do it. And if we had to talk to those people or maybe guide somebody through it, that that would be a blessing for us if we could just do that. We just kept kept trying and kept trying, and we began to focus more on the positive than the negative. And I believe that was our big thing because once we did that, once we started to focus on The good instead of the bad, we saw that there was 10 times the amount of good than the bad, and the stuff we didn't agree on. I know that there has been, and I'm sure that there will continue to be struggles with this difference, but there hasn't been anything, and I don't believe there will be anything that we can't face. You know, now we're engaged and we're excited about getting married, we're starting our classes here before too long and we're just really excited, and we're in a better place now than we ever have been. We have so much more peace and confidence just because that weight is off our shoulders, because there for a couple years, it was just so heavy, the thought of what if this isn't going to work, or what about down the road, and we have both come to terms with trusting God over it, and that he is going to take care of us, and we don't have anything to worry about. There's no need for us to worry, because He is going to carry us through it. So that is our big thing now: is just trusting in Him, no matter what it is, whether it's our relationship or something with work or something personal. It's just we've got to give it up to Him, and just trust in Him.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. That's such a. There is so much more that unites us as Christians, than there is that divides us. No doubt. And I think, you know, like you said, it's so easy to start focusing on all the ways in which we don't agree, but there's so much more that we agree on. And and I love that you guys were able to find that common ground. I, I want to start back at the beginning, and you talked about how your eighth grade year was, uh, you know, with confirmation coming up, things really began to change for you. And I was just wondering, did what happened that eighth grade year? Was there anything that particular that happened that around that time?
1: So we had several retreats and that helped a whole lot. Just kind of starting that fire, getting it going and they just hit on it so hard that, you know, this is your time to take control of your faith from here on out. It's not on your mom or your dad or your grandparents. This is on you and that's something that I guess I've always been big on is taking responsibility for what I need to. And that was the big thing that they kept just driving into us that from here on out, it's all you. It's going to be what you make it. And if you want to make it something great, then it's going to be something great. And if it's not, then it won't be. That was just what really got to me. And it Father Ken helped a whole lot with that. He just kept talking to us about it you know telling us his story and it meant it meant a lot that you know it's going to be just what you make it
0: yeah it's so true our faith is what we make of it and 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 the more we put into it the more that we're willing to give the more that we're going to get out of it so little little investment little return right much investment much return so you and Anna start dating in your sophomore year, both of you very invested and involved in your own faith traditions. Mm. And at first, no issues, everything's great. And then questions started coming up. What are some of the questions that she had that you weren't really sure how to answer?
1: Yeah. So the big one is one that I'm sure anybody who's ever had this problem knows is the whole Mary deal is the way (laughs) it was always addressed. Yeah. Like what was going on there? To be honest, I didn't know how to answer it because I just, you know, I mean. You
0: just take it for granted.
1: Right. And she kind of thought that we just worship Mary and that she was up there just on the same level as Jesus and God and everything. You know, I didn't know how to really explain it, that there was a difference. And so that was one thing that we And we still kind of go back and forth on as to like how it all falls. But there's so many good ways to explain it. And Father Brian has been a huge help for us through all this. Just consulting with him through it all. Because if we have questions, we can go to him. And if he doesn't know offhand, then he's willing to go and look it up and say, hey, this is what I found. He's really just helped us through it all.
0: So I I know that. At least when I was younger, and I know that I've talked to other people who are Catholic who feel like when you start asking those kinds of questions, there's almost like a stigma around it. You know, you can't ask that question. You're just supposed to take it on faith that this is how it is. When you started asking the people around you, what was your experience of uh, questioning? You know, like, how did they, I guess, how did they respond when you started asking all these questions about your faith?
1: Most people were pretty open to it, which I started more with my parents and my grandparents and people like that. They were always pretty, pretty open because they knew why I was asking. They wanted to help as much as they could. There were some people that kind of were like, well, you know, that's kind of a weird question to ask. There was one time in high school, you know, whenever Anna had asked me about the Eucharist and stuff like that, and I was kind of looking more into it. I was reading on it, and it shows where you're not supposed to receive the Eucharist if you have mortal sins on your soul. And there was one time at church that I did not receive the Eucharist because I hadn't been to confession. I would say 90% of my class asked if I had become Baptist because I did not receive the Eucharist. <laughs> and they were just dumbfounded that I hadn't you know, received the Eucharist because that's what you did. Like You didn't just not... I had to explain to them, look, guys, this is why. And then they understood, but they still just felt like it was so weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one that a lot of people maybe take for granted is, you know, that there have been times where, like, I haven't been able to get to confession for a while. So I might abstain from receiving the Eucharist. And I feel like there's a sp- spotlight on me when I go up and receive a blessing. Um, (laughs) So I think part of it may even just be social pressure. But I think it's something that a lot of Catholics do take for granted that we don't understand. Maybe that, you know, you're supposed to abstain from receiving the Eucharist when there's mortal sin on your soul or when you haven't been to confession for a long amount of time, because we take it that seriously.
1: Yeah, it just it really makes you think because if I hadn't read on that, I never would have thought about it. It's just that you can kind of get in a groove in your faith. And I think that's what helped me so much is that Anna got me out of that groove of we're just doing it just because that's what we do.
0: Yeah. really made you take it seriously and look for the answers. Exactly. So I like how you talked about going through this. You didn't use these words, but I'm going to the process of discernment when you were, you and Anna were trying to figure out if you were going to get married, if you should break up and you talk about, a lot of different thoughts, I guess, that went through your head, maybe different options that you could have chosen. So, you know, talking about just, maybe I should just convert. It'll make the whole thing so much easier. And I love that you came to that conclusion that converting just for conversion's sake is not a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm called to the priesthood. I love that you, that was a thought in your mind that maybe I am called to this. Maybe that's why this isn't working out here because I'm called to something different. Discerning that, and deciding maybe not for me, not that it's not a great thing, but I think I'm called to marriage. And then finally, the two of you being able to come together, because I do know a lot of couples who, like you said, you know, a lot of couples make this work every day. And we know a lot of couples who uh, have been in interfaith marriages, some where one of them eventually converts to Catholicism, uh, and some where they both stay in their faith traditions and live their lives that way and and they make it work. So it is possible. And like you said, there's going to be some struggles and some joys that come along with that, but that's, I mean, that's marriage. (laughs) There's always going to be struggles, even if you're both of the same tradition. So I guess when you guys have something that's come up, you know, it sounds like God is very much the center of your relationship. Even though you don't have the same faith traditions, you do have the same God and the worship and love of him. And I love that that's the central, it seems like that's the central rock of your relationship. So when there's an issue that comes up, um, whether it be against faith or any anything in life. How do you guys handle that or resolve that?
1: We I mean, we usually talk about it and that's something that we've had to work on a lot because I have always been somebody who whenever I have a problem, I want it out in the open and I'm going to let you know that I have got a problem. And Anna is the exact opposite. When she <laughs> has a problem, she wants to shut down and not talk about it and And that's just two different type of people. And it's been hard trying to make that work because sometimes it's easier not to fight the battle over trivial things. And that's something that I've had to learn. And something that she's had to learn is to step up and say, hey, this has made me mad or I don't agree with this. And a whole lot of the time she's right. And I have to say, okay, you're right. But I can't do that. I won't see it from her perspective unless she gives it to me. And so us talking about it and praying about it together to try to find some kind of resolve or some kind of answer is huge. Yeah, just our prayer together and apart is something that helps us a whole lot.
0: Obviously, faith has been an important part of both of your lives and an important part in your relationship. It's been a cornerstone. It's been the point of contention. It's been the central point. It sounds like it's very important to both of you. Has your relationship always carried with it this element of faith?
1: So, yeah, when we first, you know, started dating and everything, it wasn't super faith filled. I mean, we did go to church, like I said, every Sunday we would go to her church and my church and on Wednesdays we'd go to hers. But on those days, okay, we're doing faith. And then on the other days, well, we're going to run off and do our own thing. You know, the towards the beginning, it was more of a negative thing that we weren't super close to each other in our faith relationship, and it was just kind of negative. And the more that we put him towards the center, the closer we became. It wasn't that we didn't have good times in the beginning, but it wasn't the right kind of good times. You know, they didn't mean as much as what they do now
0: yeah cuz having him as that central rock in your relationship that's it's key to making a relationship last
1: it is because we we like i said we had a great time and we loved each other we thought but it wasn't that love like you have for god and you know it transitioned from that young dumb love of just you know i really like this person to whoa i i love this person like i think god would want me to love them and it just, it, it's so much more special. It means so much more.
0: True love is about sacrifice. And, and I think when you're young, you don't quite understand that, that love is sacrifice. And as you get older, that's something that really becomes apparent, that love, love is sacrificing for the other person. It's wanting the other person's good um, and desiring good things for them.
1: Right. And that was a thought that I know I had, and I'm sure she probably did too, that Whenever we were break, breaking up because of our faith, it was because, you know, we didn't want to hurt that person. We, I didn't want to cause her any more pain of having to worry about this. So it was easier to hurt myself, put myself out away from her and let her live that life that I know that she wanted. And I felt like God wanted for her to find somebody that would be better suited for her. And the more we prayed about it and the more that we came together, we came to realize that that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. But I do think that time apart was essential because, you know, I became so much deeper in my faith in that time of separation because that's the kind of decision that nobody wants to have to make to, okay, am I going to put myself out for God and for this other person? Or am I going to do what would be best for me and easiest for me And just ride it out because that's the way it felt like God was making me make the decision. Okay, it's me or her make the decision. I had to pick him. That's what helped lead me deeper into my faith. And once I got deeper and saw all these things and we came back together, we found that way to make it work. And so God put us back together. But I do think that was part of him taking us apart so that we could grow.
0: So beautifully said. And I think that honestly, that's how you make that that work is that the only way for maybe I'm going to get stricken for this saying this, but the best way to make interfaith marriages work is for both people to be solidly, firmly planted in their own tradition and be practicing and loving God in that tradition, whether he calls them to the others or not. That's that's a whole different story. But, you know, not giving up my faith for this other person so that they'll be happy or so that I'll be happier so that it's easy, but rather we both firmly plant our roots in the traditions that we were raised in yeah. and together we make this work.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it.
0: So thank you, Casey, for joining us today. I wish you and Anna luck as you begin your journey into marriage preparations. Are you nervous about that
1: at all? A little bit, yeah, but I think that comes with every new journey, uh, because we just, you know, life's always changing, and that changes can be scary sometimes. But we're both extremely ready. You know, we've been together for a little over five years now, and I mean, we're just we're ready to take it to the next step, and so we're excited, but we are nervous, and it's a it's a good nervous keep us on our toes.
0: Good. Well, thank you so much, Casey. Thank you. And thank you all for listening here today. If you are interested in hearing more stories of finding faith and encountering, tune in next week for our next guest. If you have questions, need someone to journey with, or would be interested in sharing your story, please contact me at findingfaith123 at gmail.com.